We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I will always try to do a countdown when we can for quarantine, but I still have not been able to count the days. I said to someone the other day, happy Friday, and it was like a Wednesday, and they were like, whatever, it's fine. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) It's all good. What have you been up to? Did you go outside yesterday? Yeah, I had a really good day um, just in the park. And I hung out with one of our mutual friends. I actually was kind of a fail, but I really have been wanting to get back into more of like creative passions. Mm -hmm. And I bought this like whole paint set 
and it came with canvases and brushes and everything. And our friend, she met me because she's also into like creative pursuits. So I carried like a water bucket and the paint set and I was unpackaging the paint set. And I was like, great, it has all these canvases and everything. And then it was did not include paint. I did not realize that when I bought it. It was like what? everything but paint. So it was kind of an epic fail. So basically, I went back to my house. Luckily, I wasn't too far. Dropped the paint set off, and then we went to a park. And did not paint. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. Well, at least you tried. At least you have everything but. Exactly. What about time. you? We went to Stern Grove and had a picnic, and these high school kids had a fake graduation. They all came Aww. in their their uh, gowns, and I think it was like one of their parents that was handing out, it looked like beer. I don't know what he was handing out. Instead of diplomas, oh he my was God. handing them some sort of drink, and at the end, they all cracked open whatever the drink was and then guzzled it down. It was hilarious, but I was like, is that beer or... <laughs> Is that legal? I'm not really sure. Well, after the park, we did walk around and we went to one of these new like open bar areas. Mm -hmm. One of the restaurants that does to-go cocktails. So that was kind of fun. You know, it's it's been a while since I paid $15 for a cocktail. So supporting local businesses. Did you drink it outside of that place? Yeah. Or did you kind of oh. walked, walked with it. What? You can walk with Yeah, they alcohol? give you a to-go cup. What is this, Vegas? <laughs> now we can walk on the street with alcohol? This is the only silver lining that has come out of quarantine Amazing. from our social okay. lives. Everyone's just getting drunk in public. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of silver linings. I think it's great now that I've learned to make cocktails at home. I've been doing all kinds of margaritas. Nice, nice. Which I'm really into. Yeah, and I mean, I think like... Yeah, this whole episode has been so interesting that we're going to go into today because I was editing it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And UA knows this. I don't know how much I've shared with all of the listeners. UA did press me in a Instagram live a while back. She put me on the spot a little. But I was like, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I please shared this, but I've been kind of throughout quarantine have been working through a relationship of mine. Mm -hmm. It's been fascinating because one of the things that we've seen is this theme of like resurrection of the ex, right? Like a mm -hmm. return of the ex. And this actually kind of started before quarantine. So I wouldn't say it's 100% quarantine related, but this was a significant ex of mine, probably like the most significant relationship of mine. And we broke up four years ago, so it's been a while, and we've mm -hmm. stayed friends throughout this time. And when I say friends, <laughs> probably not really friends. Like we've tried to see if we can make things work and then also of hooking up and all that. It hasn't been consistent, but it's been throughout four years. And we use this time in quarantine to really go into just the, what happened in our relationship that wasn't able to move us forward because this was someone that I love very deeply. And I also know that he felt the same way. Why the quarantine was good, though, is it really let us both be super open and communicative about everything that's been going on for the last, like, five years. I think we both have hit the point that we're either doing this or we're not. Like, we've been in a right. limbo state before, and we're both like, we can't keep doing this. 
And I think what we did was we used the time um, without physical connection. There was a little virtual sex mixed in, but I won't go too much into that. <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode. I actually didn't talk about that, but yes, definitely listen to the virtual sex episode. And Wasn't that last week? No. Two weeks week ago. Before. Two weeks oh, two ago. Two weeks ago. It's yeah, a good one, that though. One. Such a good one. I've listened to it like maybe three times by now. Right, honing in your virtual sex skills. Exactly. Takes Uh, practice. (laughs) But yeah, we eventually kind of hit the point, like, let's just meet up and quarantine together for a bit. Because, I mean, if you're, in theory, talking about, like, marriage and, like, being with this person for life, Mm -hmm. like, if we can't survive a little time in quarantine, like, that's a sign. Mm -hmm. And... I think with this whole situation, there's some just personal development that he's been going through and it affected our relationship. So I think what we were trying to see is like things will be different this time. Like I think for me, it's like I'm hesitant to walk into the same situation again, right? It's like with any resurrection of the ex, like you don't want to just dive back in and then have all the same problems surface again. Taking that time to really hash it out and then seeing if we could put it into action was really great. Mm -hmm. Being able to be together, even for a short period that we were during quarantine, it did bring to surface really great things about our relationship and then the problems again, right? So it Mm -hmm. was a way to see if all the talk, because I think communication is essential and the fact that we were able to openly communicate so much said so much. But the fact that it didn't turn to action is also problematic. It can't just be communication, communication. Yeah, proof is in the pudding. Exactly. And I think ultimately, as UA knows, like we basically decided like that not enough had changed. So it's one of those things that obviously I wish it was different and that wasn't the outcome. But at the end of the day, we like our past guest, Mark Manson said, love is not enough always, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I'm happy because I feel like one of the challenges when I was first, when we were first dating was that I had trouble stating my needs. And over this podcast, I've definitely learned how to articulate myself a lot better and what my needs are and also not be afraid to express them because at the end of the day, this is your life. This is who you're going to be with. And if you can't have your needs met, it's just going to be a ton of resentment. So yeah, I think that was a moment that I was a little proud of, at least, (laughs) that I was able to do that. So I'm proud of you. And I totally understand this situation is not like what you thought about in middle school. I remember in middle school just thinking, if I like a boy, he likes me back. That's how it works, right? You just have to like each other. And as you get older, you realize there's a lot more complexities to making a relationship work, which brings up the question, do you want a relationship, right? Everybody on the surface level is like, yeah, I think I'm ready for a relationship. I think I want one. But when you ultimately dig deep into what a relationship means. Do you actually want a relationship? And this is what this episode is about. And what makes it even more fascinating is after we interviewed our guests for this episode, I even had to question, do I want a relationship? And do I even know what a relationship entails? Because a relationship is not just about the good things, right? It's half the good and half the more challenging. I won't say bad, but half the more challenging. Right. And you realize that there's, like in your situation, there are always going to be external factors that are out of your control. So it's not about forcing your relationship to overcome. It's about that evolution, what we learned about uh, from Mark Manson, evolving your relationship. And are you willing to put in the work to do it? And 
both people have to be willing to do it. Exactly. And I think that's like why I brought this up, though, is because of this episode. One of the things that we talked about, too, is with quarantine, I think it's made us all really question this even more, right? I'm single. I live alone. I could have been like, I'm thriving. I'm doing great. I love that I'm answering to no one but myself. Or, and I think a lot of people, this has come up for them, that it's like, no, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready to be with someone that's just not, like, that's all in with me. And I think that's what came out for me is especially having my ex back in my life, someone I love very dearly. It showed me that I really do want that person that's in it with me in and out. And I think that's what became clear that he wasn't that person. And that's where like that tough decision had to be made because yeah, I think it's, it's tough because it's like, if you're with the wrong person, it's going to hold you back too from meeting that right person. Uh, This quarantine has been very challenging for a lot of couples. Yes. And I spoke to one of them yesterday, a friend of mine, and he's been with his girlfriend for over a year. They seem great, really get along, lots of mutual interests. They live about like three or four blocks away from each other and seem they seem like a pretty solid couple. And when the quarantine was about to happen and they had to like kind of make a decision whether they want to, you know, quarantine up with each other, he said, I had to take a pause and think, I don't think I want to spend every day with this person. And they broke up before the quarantine. Interesting. It could be very pivotal for both ways. Yeah. But if the quarantine didn't happen, their relationship would have carried out for probably another year or so before they find this out. But he said, I really had to think for a moment, like it's either do or die. And right now I don't want to quarantine up with this person. I don't want to spend every day with this person. Okay, so you're you are in a pretty serious relationship. How do you feel this has changed your views on relationships? Like where do you want to go with relationships? I realize that there are peaks and valleys in, in relationships and just because you get to a peak, it doesn't mean that there isn't a valley coming around the corner. <laughs> and for our relationship in the last two and a half months since we've been in quarantine has been peak valley, peak valley, peak valley. And that's what makes it so worthwhile. Is like when you hit that valley, you're like, we can get back up. Mm. Like we can still get to the peak. And when you get hit the peak, you're like, we can't rest complacent here Mm. because I bet there's another valley coming. You have to work through it. But it only works if two people want to ride this roller coaster. Some people think you just coast through. Like there's no, they just kind of fly through the peaks and valleys and they're kind of in the middle. And then in the end, it's like your heart rate, right? It just goes flatline beep and then you just there's absolutely no value in that relationship anymore so that's really what i've learned is like it's the peaks and valleys that make the relationship worthwhile but they can't be too extreme that's the the key i think that's the thing is like they can't be like you know like mountains to climb down and that's when it becomes problematic i think there's some natural flux that's going to happen and that's what i think you're referring to yeah never push that rock up the hill you're just fighting a losing battle. And also, let's think about this not in a vacuum. You could say, I don't want a relationship, but that's who you are today and that's what you want today. Yes. Who knows in a few weeks or months or years if your feelings change or you have different preferences. So I think it's, I want everyone to get out of the mindset of things are so definitive. I don't want kids. I don't want marriage. I don't want a relationship. Or I do, I do, I do. Or I don't, I don't, I don't. You can't guess what your future self will want. You can always voice what you currently want in this present state, but also give yourself room and that openness to evolve and maybe eventually you'll want different things. Yeah, and that's exactly a good segue to our episode today is with Brendan and Simone, a couple that wrote a book called Relationships. Are you sure you want one? 
which is such a catchy name. Would love to hear your thoughts too, UA, of like, what is the hypothesis in the future of relationships? Because I think back in the day, it was just expected that you were in a relationship, right? Like that's what society tells you to do. You're like a weird leper if you're alone. And, you know, and I think like today's day and age is totally different. Like people are being alone a lot longer. They're choosing to be alone. No longer are you like Mm -hmm. this sad, pathetic person because you're single. Like a lot of times Mm -hmm. people love the single life or are potentially even reminiscent and jealous of the single life. And then also there's like high divorce rates that you might become single later on. It's not necessarily a guarantee that you're in a relationship and that's forever. Like the old way of thinking was you're either a relationship person or you're not a relationship Mm. person or I'm good at relationships or I'm not good at relationships. And I mean, I think future of relationships, at least where I hope it goes, is that it's a lot more fluid in the sense that like everything else is becoming more fluid. I think what's going to end up happening is that it's going to be more socially acceptable to not be in a Mm. relationship. And because people are single longer and they may be single at different stages of our their lives that it's not like one is better than the other where now there mm-hmm. is a feeling still that it is still superior to be in a relationship or engaged or married those like old ways of thinking haven't fully evolved even though we're trying to get there yeah that's a pretty good hypothesis for uh, anybody who's like, what's up with the hypotheses? Before we start the episode, we're trying something new where we both just predict something that will happen with a topic of the episode. So I guess my hypotheses would be, I think the future relationship is that everyone will realize nobody's good at relationships <laughs> and couples before they really consciously couple up well enroll themselves oh in God. relationship universities they may be online they may be in person it's basically another form of couples therapy but it, it'd be more like pre-problems so it's not like you're trying to solve any issues it's just more like here's a toolbox of how of how to have a successful relationship and i really think that's a future business it's a u- relationship university <laughs> and then people on dating dating sites and on their profiles, we'll start, com- uh, we'll start comparing like how many relationship academy credits they oh have. It'll be like, uh, it's like your skills I, on LinkedIn. It is. Yeah. I finished 50 credits. Uh, you know, I was onto like domestication, that course, you know, or something like that. You know what though? That's fascinating. Cause people always say, one of the reasons people love our podcast is that we talk about things that you just never had any training on, right? Like mm-hmm. no one teaches you how to communicate, not even romantic relationships. Yeah, but with anybody. Coworkers or yeah. friends and family. Like it's so essential skills that there is no education for. So I hope there's something like that. And I think that would make people a little more confident, especially if they hadn't had that relationship history. Yeah, for sure. Before we get to our episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who wrote us a a review in Apple Podcasts that is really helpful. It's what helps our podcast grow. It's what helps us sell ourselves to potential sponsors. So it, it's like a trickle down effect and it helps us get better guests as well. Um, so for anyone who hasn't left a review yet, if you could do us a huge favor and go and do that in Apple Podcasts. I mean, some of the reviews were so nice, like they made our day to see them. And also you don't have to leave a review. We'll also just take a rating that also helps. And that takes literally one second. So we appreciate everyone that did it. Like even just saying that last week made a huge difference. So thank you. 
thank you, thank you. And anyone that didn't, like you, I said, last plug, really appreciate it if you just don't mind hitting that uh, rating button. And then the other announcement that we had, we had such a good time last week that we did a happy hour, a virtual happy hour with our new Facebook group, a secret Facebook group, Love in the Time of Corona by the Dateable Podcast. And it was amazing. I had such a good time. It was so great to meet all of you guys. Like, I think it's one of those things like you and I just kind of talk into the universe sometimes that we don't really know who's listening. We've met a lot of the listeners that are local, but we haven't met all of the people. I mean, all over the world, we have people in the Facebook mm-hmm. group. So it's been amazing. I love, love, love just the conversations in the the Facebook group. So if you're not in it yet, definitely join it. It's facebook.com slash group slash dateable podcast to make it even easier or you can search love in the time of corona and we're going to keep doing these virtual happy hours because people just had a great time and really enjoyed the people they met and i don't know about you ua i just feel like the people are so genuine and it makes me Mm -hmm. so happy like we have such amazing listeners that are truly dateable right and i think like also the energy between men and women it's just like it's amazing like the positivity and support like one of our fears of starting this group was is it going to turn into like a meat market or is it going to turn into like a bitch sesh and it is not any of those so it has been phenomenal yeah and a, a new dating term came out of that you weren't in that room julie but xander came up with the term zooty call it's a booty <laughs> call over zoom when you try to zoom someone after 1 p 1 a.m amazing don't do it amazing don't accept <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then our last announcement is that we mentioned a partner a couple weeks ago called Frontline Foods. It's a charity that we're partnering with and really great cause. Your donation supports restaurants and then the food that they are making supports the people on the front line. So frontlinefoods.org, great cause. If you're looking to get behind a cause, we're really excited about this one. Faux show. And last but not least, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Best Fiends. You've all heard me talk about this mobile game that's basically helped me survive through this period of social distancing. It kept popping up on the list of best mobile games to play during this time, and I guarantee you it really is. It's a game that's free to download. It basically takes you through a series of challenging puzzles that are fun, but also engages your brain. I like that it's a casual game that you can play during any amount of downtime you have. It's great because there are a lot of these really cute bug characters in the game and they just really take your mind off of whatever stresses you have during the day. I'm on level, gosh, 102 now. Keep going up every time. I know. I'm (laughs) chugging along. I'm chugging along. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Fiends friends without the R. Best fiends. Now, let's get to this episode. So this is what we've been hearing. For the singles out there who are self-quarantining alone, a lot of them wish they were in a relationship. And for the people who are in relationships, some of them have expressed that maybe they wish they were single and had some alone (laughs) time. So during this time of COVID-19, it's actually the perfect time to figure out if you actually want to be in a relationship and what that relationship looks like. And that's exactly what our guest today will be talking about. So we have Simone Millis and Brendan Watt. They're the co-authors of the best-selling book, Relationship 
are you sure you want one? Such there's a great no title. Sh- <laughs> Such a great title. There's no, there's absolutely no sugarcoating here because there's none of that lovey-dovey <sighs> bullshit, just practical tips and tools and was inspired by their own relationship that they built together. So they are two of the lead facilitators of Access Consciousness, a personal development company in over 173 countries. And they head up Relationships Done Different, which is a series of workshops online and across the world, which invite people to create a truly different relationship, not just with others, but also with themselves. And individually, Simone is originally from the Sunshine Coast of Australia, currently lives in Sydney. She's 50 years old and currently single and having fun. Brendan's also from the Sunshine Coast of Australia, currently living in Houston, Texas, a little different than Australia. (laughs) He's in his late 30s, dating someone, but hasn't defined the relationship. So here's a really interesting part. Both of you were together in a relationship when you were writing the book. And upon releasing the book, you decide to end your eight-year relationship. However, the the same tools that you use to create a great relationship, you also used it to uncreate it. So let's just get to that first with your own story. Tell us a little bit about your relationship and how you two met. Well, we actually met at an Access Consciousness class. So <laughs> Brendan came along to a class and uh, yeah, he came along and I thought he was cute. Didn't really pay much more attention to him than that, to tell you the truth. It's like he was getting bombarded by all these girls and I was like, uh-huh. yeah, you know, and then at one point, uh, Gary Douglas, who's the founder of Access Consciousness, said to me, I wanted to actually have sex with this other guy. And he said to me, why do you want to have sex with this guy? And I was like, because he's blah, 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 and came up with all these reasons. And he went, Simone, he's an asshole. And he went, and you want to have sex with him. You always look for these guys who are complete and utter assholes. And he said, you know what? You should have sex with someone like Brendan Watt. Whoa. Mm. Brendan, how much did you pay this guy? (laughs) (laughs) We don't speak of that. (laughs) And Simone, at this point, were you, when you first met Brendan, were you looking to be in a relationship? Where was your mind at? Uh, Not really. I have, I've had a huge sort of resistance to relationship for a really long time. My point of view was always like, I don't see a good one, so why would I create one? But that's also using other people's relationships as a reference point to what I could create. So I was really good at going, well, you know what, I'll hook up with this person for a little while, then it's like, (laughs) goodbye, you know. And so, no, I definitely wasn't looking for a relationship. In in fact, I had pretty much committed to myself to never be in a long-term relationship. Oh, Um, wow. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed one. I've always been okay on my own, but I do like sex. So I was like, okay, so how do I work this out? Actually, a few of my friends used to call me the three-month wonder because <laughs> I would like <laughs> be in this relationship for three months and be like, I'm done and and walk mm. away. So Brennan's the longest uh, long-term relationship that I've had. I was really good at doing short ones. <laughs> Interesting. And then Brendan, what was like your story? Like what was your relationship history at this point? What were you looking for? And what were your impressions of Simone? My relationship history at that point was train wreck, train wreck, train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a long-term relationship with um, my son's mother about 12 years. Oh, wow. Like I I got into relationship when I, I got into that relationship with her when I was 19. She had two kids already. Six years later, my son was born. So it was like, 
ever since I was very young, it was like, it was relationship, relationship, relationship. I mean, I was out of that relationship and then met Simone six months later. And it was like, looking back on it now, I realized that relationship for me was one of those things where if you didn't have one, there was something wrong with you. Mm. You need a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, then you belong in the corner or something. But it was like- You're a leper. Yeah. You're a leper. (laughs) Exactly. But no, it was, it was so different with Simone. I mean, we'd both been in relationships that didn't work before. And it was like, and then we met each other and we were both like, we were kind to each other and we actually liked each other. And well, I know for me, I was still waiting for the train wreck to come or waiting for the abuse to come. And it just wasn't there. We both have, we've always had that caring for each other. Mm. So it was just, it was really different from, from the start. I got to say with Brendan and myself too, it took us a while to even admit to each other that we were actually in a relationship. His, his mother actually stopped us one day and said, okay, I'm confused. I need some help. And we were like, what? And she goes, I see the two of you together. And if I'm going to ask for a relationship, I want one like you two. The way you guys are together mm. is awesome. And she goes, but you say it's not a relationship. So what the hell is it? And that's when we both went, oh, Maybe we should start looking at the fact that we are in a relationship. This was like two years, can I tell you? We were actually living together at the time. Oh, my What? God. I was going to say the secret to a great relationship is not being in a relationship, apparently. <laughs> well, we were in full denial. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, so you guys were living together. Can you kind of walk us through, because I know you guys were together for eight years. Like mm-hmm. you kind of started to tell us a little bit about your story and how it got off the ground. So you're living together at this point. You're not really in a relationship. How did you go from being in a relationship all the way to uncoupling? The way that we started living together was I I just started staying at Simone's house occasionally. And then I was like, and what did I say one day? You said to um, me one day, you said, you went, honey, I need somewhere to put my clothes. And I went, looked at him and I went, are you moving in? He went, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And that's how we moved in. So I've got to say our whole eight years together was very much like that too. Like even... When the apartment or it was a townhouse that I was living in, I think you guys would call it a condo. And then Brendan said to me, you know what? I think we need to look for a bigger house because he had a, a child and a dog and my place wasn't big enough for the dog and the child. And I looked at him and I went, oh, okay. And I said, so are you going to move out then? And he went, no, he went together. And I went, oh, oh okay, we can do that. And so we did, we moved into a bigger house. So it was always very much like, it was based on not having to be necessary. And I get our whole Mm. years together. It wasn't a necessity, it was a choice. And I think that's a really important aspect to get when you are in a relationship, because as soon as you make it this, I am now in a relationship, it's serious, it's significant, it means something, it has to exist tomorrow. And that's when you start to destroy it. And Mm. what we did was, and as you mentioned before, is we created it. We created it all the time and we did like, we bought, you know, real estate together. We've got investments together. We created together. We did all of this. And there was a block of land that we bought um, on the beach here in Phrygian beach, beautiful block of land. Like people would go, Oh, dream block of land. And we met with architects and we created this three story house that was going to be amazing. You know, it's the perfect house, perfect relationship sort of thing. And looking back on that, the moment that we brought that block of land is when we sort of stopped creating our relationship Mm. and maintaining the perfection of, I guess this reality says, you know, is a good relationship. And we stopped creating it for the last year, I would say. Is that what you would say, Brendan? Yeah. And I think we were smart enough to sort of say, I mean, Brendan's the one who broke the relationship up. And I definitely did that. Oh my God, you know, shock thing. 
But then when I looked at it, I went, hang on a second. I'm not actually shocked. He was just the brave one that chose to break the relationship up because we both still cared about each other. So it wasn't the easiest uncoupling and yet it wasn't difficult. We were like, there was at one stage we took a bottle of wine outside and went, okay, let's do this. Let's like be willing to go and have World War Three. Let's talk about everything that's up. And we drank a bottle of wine and we chatted and it was probably some of the best conversations that we've had because we were just willing to be so vulnerable with each other and say what was up or if something was bugging us, et cetera. And I think that's so important to have that in a relationship, even when you are breaking the relationship up and you break the relationship up, not the people is one thing I really got to make sure people get to. It's not you, it's the relationship. So here's a burning question because we have a lot of listeners who have never had any relationship experience or haven't had extensive relationship experience. So how would they even know if a relationship is right for them and how would they even know how to navigate one? Let's pause for a little bit so we can thank our amazing sponsor, BetterHelp. We're all going through some unprecedented tough times right now and I can't be more grateful for having BetterHelp by my side. BetterHelp offers online therapy with credible professionals who I trust in a safe and private environment. Whether it's depression, relationships, trauma, or you just want someone to help you talk things out, this is a place to find that kind of support. BetterHelp offers 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across all 50 states, and they make it easier than ever to find help in an affordable way. They even offer financial assistance if needed. Now for Dateable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code Dateable. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash dateable. Simply fill out the questionnaire to assess your needs and get matched with a suitable counselor. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash dateable and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Stay healthy and stay safe, everyone. Now back to the show. So here's a burning question because we have a lot of listeners who have never had any relationship experience or haven't had extensive relationship experience. So how would they even know if a relationship is right for them and how would they even know how to navigate one? I would say if you haven't been in a relationship, that's definitely not a bad thing. Some of the people that are greatest in things in life are the ones who haven't really done it much before. You know, they don't really have so much to prove. But one of the things with getting into relationship is really having a great one with yourself because then you can get into a relationship and you know you're not looking for somebody to to fulfill the needs that you can't give yourself. You know, you're not looking for somebody to fill up the gaps in your life. You're looking for somebody who can add to your life. So the first thing would be, I would be looking at, okay, so where do I need somebody else to fulfill things in my life that I'm not fulfilling for myself? And if you've got that for yourself, you've got a much better chance at creating an amazing relationship. But also, the other thing is really getting honest with yourself on what you want in a relationship. Because yeah. we, we, we kind of meet someone and we just go, oh my God, them, they're the one for me. Uh, hmm. There's no question in that. So then we go into this relationship and then we're going, um, why is it not working? Why do I not like any of this stuff? Well, what were you asking for before it? So really being honest with yourself and and clear about it. And the thing with Simone and I, when we got into a relationship as well, it wasn't this, well, they need to have this much money and they need to do this job and they need to, it wasn't a list of things like that. For both of us, what we were asking for was somebody who cared about us, somebody yes. who was actually yeah. had our back, somebody who added that energy in our life that makes your life greater. So here's my burning question. So if you guys had that, right, mm-hmm. why make the decision to end it? Like what was kind of the deciding factor that like this isn't something we can keep creating and it's better off to end it at this point? 
You're the one that broke up the relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simone's like, uh, I want to know the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's been my burning question too. I'm getting ganged up on. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's like, we, well, we got to a point where it just, it didn't have that excitement for the future of it anymore. And it's like, and even the way that we broke the relationship up, it's like I was treading around things. And if I had my time over again, I would have done it a lot different. Throughout my life, what I'd done to, in order to get out of something was kind of just open the back door and run. Mm. So I look at it now and go, wow, I actually wasn't my kindest moments. But I think for both of us, we knew that there was, we'd just gotten to that sense, like Simone said, with that house where it started getting normal. And for both of us, we are, we're so different. Mm that if we have any normal in our lives, we're both like, um, well, this doesn't work. We don't like normal. We like being different. And can I, I want to, I mean, yes, we put Brendan on the hot spot there. And uh, <laughs> Did I do well? You did well. You did well. And <laughs> we were actually having a chat the other day and saying we wouldn't be creating what we are in our lives right now, right today, if we hadn't broke up the relationship. And what I would like people to get to is if you're creating a relationship, it could be great for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, you know, 50 years. But so many people put this time span on it and they say, oh, they've got a great relationship. They've been married for 42 years. What makes 42 years great? Mm-hmm. Eight years could be great. And right now I'm having so much fun. And I know Brendan is too. And the creative capacity and the, like, I love living in this house on my own as well. It, there's so many things that have shown up that we would not have allowed to show up in our life if we were still together. So instead of, if you're in a relationship and ask, okay, is this working for me today? And it doesn't mean you have to walk out the door that that day, but look and go, what, is there something that you would like to change? And we still were friends and we liked each other. And yet I've got to say, there wasn't that enthusiasm when we met up with each other after a week or two apart. And because mm. we both travel a lot and you used to, you'd be like, oh my God, you know, I'm seeing Brendan and it'd be this huge amount of excitement and it got to a maintenance. And if your relationship is getting mm. to maintenance, then I would look at, can, can I create something different here? Like, would I like to turn it into, we say creationship instead of relationship or have we done what we were meant to do together? And that's a really big question because I see so many people break a relationship up and create it to be trauma and drama instead of just, what if you opened up a bottle of champagne and said, hey, can we have a chat? Have we done what we were meant to do together? Is it time for us to move on? Like, this is your life. And there's so much, so many possibilities available. So what if you didn't stick to just one thing? And what if you allowed yourself all the possibilities that are available in the universe? That's why I look at it. Let's dive into that. Let's let's really dive into that because I love to talk about this topic. I've heard from three separate people. So I'm going to mush their stories together into one to protect their identities. But here's the kind of scenario I've been hearing is I've been married for 10 years. We have three kids together. We were college sweethearts or whatever it may be and best friends. But being quarantined together, uh, we've noticed that we really don't know each other. And all we ever talk about are our kids. And now we're having this focused time to talk about a relationship. And I just don't know if it's, it's actually working out. So is it time to call it quits or should I just keep on going for the sake of we've been together for 10 years? It's the longevity of the relationship and for our kids. What would you say to someone in this scenario? I would say it's just a choice. And I would say you actually do know. Like you say, I don't know what Mm -hmm. it is. 
But if you're even going to that place of, you know, I'm not sure what to do, you actually do know what you'd like to do and you're not choosing it. And it's like, so there's, there's two parts. I would say you either already know that you've left the relationship. I mean, the amount of people that I, we've done in our classes and said, hey, when did you leave the relationship? And they're like, wow, before I even got married. Wow. And so look at the energy of that. And then you can choose based on that or go, okay, so we seem to have grown apart. We don't even know each other. It's like, do we actually want to put some some effort in here and get to know each other? But I don't don't go that middle road and just maintain. It's like, mm. I mean, my point of view, it's like, like I said before, this is your life. It's like there's so much available. So do you want to just maintain something or do you want to what, what choice do you want to make? Which road do you want to, you know, turn down? Got it. Because I was going to ask you like from because I feel like there's another perspective of that relationships are for the long haul. And when you commit, you commit and there can be like ebbs and flows from a relationship. There might be some really tough times. There might be some great times. Like I even know from my parents' marriage, I feel like after the kids left, they like have like a way better relationship than they did when we were around. So like, I guess like the other side of it, I'd love to hear your thoughts of like, how would you kind of balance what you've been saying of like, this is your life. These are your choices versus I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to make it work. Well, I think it's the place of, because there's the commit to it and I'm going to make it work. But one of the things we do in relationship with that is we, we go out of question and we go, okay, so no matter what, I'm going to make this work. And it's like if you, you're trying to start a car without an engine, it's not going to work. So there's a difference between like making it work, but also asking, okay, do I actually desire to make this mm. work? And mm. is there something we can change with it? But also with what's going on right now, like the world has really changed with all of us being, you know, yeah. the economy's changed, the, the workforce has changed, all of these things have changed. Family life has changed and is going to mm -hmm. keep changing. What if we were starting, not starting new every day from that place of we don't have everything that we've created together, but giving up on what your relationship was yesterday and creating something greater today. Right. You're always moving forward. And for a lot of us, I don't know about you guys, but definitely for me, if I stop in my life, it become and it comes that becomes that maintenance energy. I don't have any fun. And it's the same thing we do in relationships. We go, oh, well, now we're in it. Let's just make sure we pay the bills, make sure the kids are happy. And within 12 months, you go, um, I'm a little bit bored. <laughs> so maybe that's the key. It's like if two people are willing to work at it or not. And it doesn't yeah. need to be perfect overnight, but it's like you need to be in it and working towards something. Can I add too that like I always went, how can I look at one other person and say, I want to be with you in 50 years time? I don't even know where I want to be in 50 years time. Yeah. So committing that. So neither is right or wrong. But what I yeah. do see is this reality has projected so much that you are meant to have kids. You're meant to get married. Yes. Actually, you're meant to get married first and then have kids. <laughs> <laughs> have kids, you know, live happily ever after and, you know, and death do your part sort of thing and get the rocking chairs. What I would like is for people to have the freedom to know that is not the only choice. Yes. That yeah. is a choice. And yet there are other choices available for me. I don't actually see, and I'm not ruling it out, but I do not see that I would be in a relationship now entering into one that would last for the rest of my life. I just, that doesn't seem something that I am choosing, but I'm not cutting it out. I don't want to make it an either or like this no choice universe, that everything is available. And I really would like people to get that if you're choosing single or you choose a relationship for one year, it's not wrong because that is being so projected at people that it's wrong not to create something that is long-term. What if 
nothing was right and nothing was wrong and you have choice every single day. That's the freedom I would like people to have. That is such a big part of it, recognizing that you have choice. I remember when I first came along to one of my, to one of the first Access classes that I did and Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, he said, everything that's showing up in your life right now is based on every choice you've ever made. And it gave me so much freedom to go, oh my God, I've chosen this life. Like, because I was (laughs) going, I was doing victim, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got no money because, and I had this childhood because, and I've got this because. And when he said that, I realized, wow, I've created my life based on the choices I've made. I can just make some new choices. And it's the same mm-hmm. with the relationship thing. Like if, you, if you're single and have been single for you know, years or whatever, if you actually realize that you've been choosing that, then you can go, okay, so I've been choosing this. So rather than be the victim to it, what else would I like to choose now? And just from mm-hmm. that point of view alone, you recognize that you're the creator of your whole life even the Mm. things that you've decided bad and you can change them a lot easier. I love that. And I feel like I actually remember like in therapy talking to a therapist about that. And it was like, you're not, you haven't been single for X amount of years. You've had other decisions that you've made. Like you moved to a new city, you were starting a new life. Like it's not just, oh, you were incapable of like finding someone. And I think like what you guys keep saying too, it's like the pressure of our society feels like you're doing something wrong if you're not with someone. And that isn't the case. Like that's a choice in your life. And I love what you said, Simone. It's just because I'm choosing this today doesn't mean that it's going to be tomorrow. Like I might change my mind. Things might be different. A man might come running down in a white horse and be like, oh, my God, he's here. <laughs> well, stay away. Six feet away, okay, white horse. <laughs> yeah. but let's, take, let's take baby steps here because this all sounds great in theory, but I'm putting mm. on the hat of a single listener yep. who's saying, I want to believe that, but it's really hard for me to believe that I chose this life when right now I'm feeling lonely. I, I want to be in a relationship. I wish I had a partner. I've tried to be in relationships with others before quarantine. None of those came to fruition. How can I change my mindset? And I can't just flip the switch and say, ah, I chose this life. It doesn't work like that. So what are the baby steps that people can take mentally to get there? So one of the things I would say, and Brennan briefly mentioned this before, is be honest with yourself. Do you have a list you've created and throw away the friggin' list? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm somewhere agree on that one. you've decided <laughs> what it has to look like. And if you, yep. if you decide that a relationship has to look a certain way, you've, you've just eliminated so much. You know, I'm 11 years older than Brendan. He had a huge amount of debt, like massive amounts of debt, uh, which I didn't know about. He had a child, he had a dog, which the dog was really cool. Cause I always wanted to have a dog, but a child was something else. Child, actually, I was. I remember at one stage I said, I went, I don't know if I can do this. I didn't yeah. ask for a child. And he said to me, I was sitting on the bed crying. And he went, Brandon looked at me and he went, well, we could change this up. Like I could move out. And he said, but I sort of come with a five-year-old. And I was right. like, I know you do. And so I had to look at that. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, you're in debt. It's like you. then you gave up your job. You were smoking. You were snoring. Like all these things yep. that were like not on your <laughs> How heart, dare you know, he? I list. was a catch, ladies. I'm, I'm telling you, it was a catch. But the thing is, you were a catch. But the list the list that most people have wouldn't have these things on them. Like the, I, the amount of females I talk to that go, oh, he has to have money or he has to have a good job. Why? What if you just asked for someone who was, as we said before, caring, who cared about you, who didn't judge you? And if you're listening to this and you're going, oh, no, I don't have a list. You know what? No one can make you change anything except for you. 
So even if you're listening to this in the next 24, 48 hours, you know, grab your phone or a piece, do old school piece of paper and pen and start writing down anything that comes into your head or you say that you have created as a list and then yeah. destroy it. Go, if I didn't have this list, then what would I be asking for? I mean, to me, you know, asking for someone who shows up that doesn't judge me or my body and he cares about me. Hello. Yeah. I've got money. I've created money. It's like, <laughs> I don't need a man to have money. It's like, and a lot of the things that we decide we want in a relationship, um, it's like we, we see people in an image of what we've decided they should be also. I mean, I remember when we had friends years ago that used to say, I wish you had a brother, Brendan. I'd love to find a guy like you. And I was like, oh, honey, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> she was into long walks on the beach, holding hands and doing the full romancy, cuddly kind of stuff. And that's and that Brendan's worst me. nightmare. That, that wasn't me. So, but, but she saw me as this great image of what she wanted. But if she would have got together with me, we would have lasted a week because mm. I was in no way what she actually wanted. So like Simone said, like if you can really be brutally honest with yourself and destroy those lists and actually start asking for an energy more so that's going to contribute to your life, you've really opened the doors to things coming to you more also not you have to go and look for everything you're actually allowing people to show up in your life but if someone doesn't have relationship experience mm -hmm. but they want to be in a relationship how can they look for or be in an ideal relationship i mean they have to create something right in their well, mind i would say it's you're probably in the best uh, position because if you had no reference point for creating a relationship what would it be like one of the things that I always recommend to people is watch Drew Barrymore's 51st date. Okay. Yeah. Every day she wakes up and she forgets what occurred yesterday. What if you had no reference points? Like I look at my parents and I don't think that they had a great relationship. My mother was really mean. My father was extremely kind and just got yelled at all the time. That's not a great mm, relationship. Right. But if I use that as a reference point, then that is how I would have to create it. So how many people use their family as a reference point to creating a relationship and it's not true. Or use Hollywood, you know, right. Hollywood movies, etc. It's like, it doesn't work or like Facebook. that. Yeah. The highlight <laughs> reel. Yeah, it's true, though. You see only yeah. the best stuff that's happening. Social media. Yeah. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Out. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. 
with a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, <laughs> wow. what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So what I would start with is if when you meet someone and it's like, you know, you'll know when you meet someone that you're like, oh, this person's nice. And it's like, you know, will this be fun? Ask. Because yeah. a relationship is meant to be fun. If it's not fun, why are you doing it? That's a really good point because I think you also said earlier too, it's like we have so much pressure of like what we think a relationship should look like. And if mm-hmm. you look at like your relationships with your friends and like people that aren't as much like they need to follow like one date, this happens in three months, this happens like more of a timeline, things just naturally organically develop. And I think sometimes like when we're so strict on how things should be, we're not like just appreciating someone in their natural element in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things like one of the things we do in our classes and stuff to get people to see where they actually do know what's going to work for them. It's like if you start looking back on say dates you've been on or people say you've gone home and had sex with or someone like that and and notice the times that you actually knew it wasn't going to work but chose it anyway. Yeah. So that you can actually start seeing for yourself, oh, I do actually know when it's going to work or not going to work. And when that energy's off, when you go, oh, I wonder if this person will be fun to be in relationship with and it's kind of got that heavy feeling to it. 
probably not going to turn out to be much fun when it's got that lightness to it and it's like oh that feels that's got that excitement to it it might be something that's going to work for you so if we're talking about getting honest because there's a side of like what you brought up of like why haven't i had this but then there's also like do i even want this at all which is kind of like mm-hmm. the core of what you guys have been talking about i love that you guys have a, you're probably like the only ones that have a relationship book of like how not to maybe get into a relationship right <laughs> <laughs> but i think there's like something really interesting there there because we've talked about like it's just expected that you do these things but how do you decide if this is something you truly want if you've never had a good relationship or you haven't had a lot of relationship history how do you know if it's something you'd want i would start with making a list of okay what do i desire a relationship for not what do i desire in mm. the relationship but what do i actually desire it for and then if you start going into the things of well I want somebody to need me or if they start getting into that like i said before with those things that okay where am i not needing myself Mm. if you're looking for a relationship because you you feel there's some part of you missing then you're always going to be looking for that need to be fulfilled so look at and go okay what do i actually desire a relationship for if that's to have fun to expand your life to have somebody who's joyful to to be around then i would say you've got a good chance at actually desiring one and, mm. you know, there's a, there's a joke at the moment where I live across the road. I've got these two friends of mine, these two gay guys, and they're not very far down, you know, no, another road, a friend of mine, Mark. And the big joke is I ring them and go, I need a man. And they go, what's up? And I go, I can't get this open. or I can't do this. Or there's an animal in my garage. And it's like, I need a man. So it's become this big joke, but it's like, I'm so willing to say, hey, I need a man. Can you help me with this? I don't actually want to deal with this. There's, I just found animal poop in my garage and I don't know what animal it is. Can someone, can a man come over and help me? And I'm so okay <laughs> with asking for that. But so I see so many times a woman will decide that she needs a man in her life to fulfill all of these things rather than what if you had people in your life who could help you and contribute with certain mm. things and you had a relationship because it was fun? Yeah. Okay. So I totally see that side of things, but then I'm hearing people that are like, well, I have like a life plan. I have, I want to have kids. I want to have a family. I don't want just fun. Like that isn't my whole goal of a relationship. What would you say to them? I like the way you say that I don't just want to have fun, but they're in their life plan. They've got kids and that. So you've already decided kids are not fun. Okay. Maybe that's my <laughs> own preconceived notions coming through. Yeah. Well, I want a lifetime of torture. How do exactly. I accomplish that? Get and then after 25 years of that, then I'm going to go to fun. Yeah. Well, what if I they mean, could all be fun? Yeah. Well, one of the things we talk about too is, is your point of view creates your reality. So if you've got, so anywhere that you've got, a fixed point of view in place, like relationship should last this long or whatever that is. It's not going to be fun. It's not always going to be easy. Just that point of view alone is is going to create that as your reality. What if none of it was wrong? Having a life plan, wanting to have kids, wanting to do all the whatever stuff. But what if you could ask for it to be fun and easy also? Mm. Mm. Like what if you, when we say have fun, what if you decided fun is? It's like, you know, just being not like entering chaos sort of thing. It's like, what if everything was fun? What if having the kids, you know, was fun? What if getting married was fun? What if, you know, cooking was fun? What if it all was fun? It's like, how many times do you try and make life serious and significant? 
And if you make it serious and significant, then that will always control you rather than you. I mean, even now we're in quarantine, like I'm having so much fun and there's so much joy in my world from what I'm creating and the possibilities and the fact that I'm actually at home because I usually travel so much and I'm getting to run outside and see the beach and the butterflies and it's just beautiful. Now you're in quarantine. You're not supposed to be having fun. Right. And Mm. I love when you run down the street and some people don't even look at you. It's like, oh my God, if you look at me, are you going to get coronavirus? Whereas the (laughs) other one, you're like, morning and wave. And they're like, hey, you know, and it's like there's people out there who are already set up to have fun. And it's not considered something that is the correct choice all the time. Like, have you noticed if you see your friends and if you're sad and upset and you start crying, people are like, oh, what's up? Are you okay? What's going on? And if you're always joyful and always have, you know, maybe you're laughing or you just have this sense of joy, people go, oh, are they on drugs? What if, <laughs> we, what if our natural state was to be joyful and, yeah. and have fun? And that's not yes, please. allowed. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to have this like, you know, amount of sadness or trauma and drama. And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm done with trauma and drama. Let's go for joy and possibilities. That's my world. I love yeah. that. Like fun doesn't have to mean not depth. Like it just needs no. to, like, yeah, I think exactly. that's. Exactly. Yeah. So how does someone who is lonely right now still have fun? Okay. So I was talking to some friends of mine actually on um, a podcast I was doing and we were talking about dating apps and it was really interesting because obviously, you know, in quarantine and social distancing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy, um, Wes, who's in South Africa and South Africa is very, very, that's really strict at the moment in the lockdown. And so he's on Grinder, a gay guy. And then mm-hmm. another two friends of mine are on, you know, other apps. And what I've noticed is, is people seem to be more vulnerable with each other and what they all were Mm. saying is more interested and Mm. the fact that you are my friend in LA she said she said oh I'm just talking to everyone she said because I'm going to (laughs) see by the time we get out of here the cream's going to come to the top and I'm going to know exactly who I want to go on a date with Mm -hmm. because you are getting to converse more you are getting to have that engagement more and I don't know about you guys but I've noticed there's a level of presence with people right now that is that like the distractions are not there the expectations aren't there either, which is yeah. kind of a key piece of what you were yeah. saying earlier. Like people aren't like, when is the next date? Because we don't know when the next date is. Exactly. <laughs> so what if the time has changed? And what I would say is the people who keep saying we're going to go back or back to normal. I'm sorry, guys, the world has changed. There is no back. Mm-hmm. There is no back to normal. We now get to create our future. What would you like the future to be? And what would you like the future to be with relationships, with sex, with dating? Like, what is that for you? And let's go for that. I think that's a good point, too, because I think all this has brought up at least that life is short. Like, we just don't know what's going to be around the corner. And Mm. I mean, I think we can get into some takeaways, too. But I think one of the parts that's really fascinating is that, like, I think it's brought up different things for different people. Like we kind of alluded to earlier, like some Mm -hmm. single people, for example, might be having the time of their lives and being like, maybe I don't need a relationship. Like, I'm perfectly sufficient on my own. There might be other people that this is really bringing to light that this is something that they really do want to share their life with another person. And I think what my biggest takeaway from this whole conversation is like, there is no one right way to do things. And like, the part that you mentioned of either like ending something when you feel like you're in maintenance versus the people that keep going and let things ebb and flow. It's a decision and everyone's in control of their decisions. And again, it's not like one way to do it or not. 
that's up to you to decide what your life is and what your relationship you should look like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we should be shaming single people either, like if they yeah. don't have <laughs> these relationships. That's that's a really that's trying to look at how to put this, but it's like for all the people out there that are single or even in relationship, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. So what if like what if in this looking, do I truly desire a relationship or what relationship would I like to have? What about just for a day while you're looking at it? You don't go to anything wrong with you. You know, get out of that place. Mm. Of, because then it's like the other thing is when we've decided there's something wrong with us for not having a relationship, for example, we're looking, we're already looking for the things we want in a relationship to kind of hide the wrongness that we've already decided is there with us. Mm. So, and we, it doesn't really give us a true sense of what's true for us. So give up the wrongness, even if it's for a day while you're asking <laughs> what you'd like in a relationship. But that is a demand you have to make of yourself. It's okay. I'm not going to make myself wrong with this. And realize also it's, it's a massive projection. Like a lot of us, even with our families and stuff, you know, like when are you, when are you getting married? When are you going to have kids? When are you you're like, um, can you give me a break? I'm 17. <laughs> Also, also to address the question you said about the being single and being lonely, um, how many, like right now, how much does the media, family and everyone project at you if you are single and you're in, you know, quarantine, oh, you must be lonely. Right. So then you start to buy that point of view as yours. So a tool that I would love to give everyone if they're in that situation too is ask, who does this belong to? Okay. And if you ask that question, who does this belong to? And if it lightens up, it's like, it's not yours. You know, 99% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not ours. And yet we start buying into them and they're other people's. We're more psychic Mm -hmm. than, than you're willing to acknowledge. And you're picking up on everyone in your street, in your city, your country, et cetera, going, I'm lonely. And it's like, are you? Like, I looked at this when I came home. And the first time, because I, I, I got home just in time to do self-quarantine but not have to go to these hotels that they had. And the first day I sat here and I had my suitcases because I came from Europe in the lounge room and I went, wow, I'm depressed and lonely. And I went, hang on a second, I'm not lonely. I've never done lonely. And that's when I went, okay, who does this belong to? And then I started mm. to play with the energies of it and ask questions. And I went, oh, would I prefer it if I was in, a, in this house with someone? And I even looked at a couple of my friends who are really creative and I was like, nope, that would drive me crazy. Or, you know, looked at if I was in a relationship, nope. And then I went, okay, so I'm actually good with being home alone. Now what am I going to choose and what am I going to create? This again, like the, the theme that we keep asking is that you get to choose, but be really brutally honest with yourself for what it is that you are asking for. And if you are realizing that you'd like to be in a relationship, then start asking for what that that is. Like what energy would you like in your life? And the other thing I just want to add to that with the what energy would I like in my life is what if it was, even if you do it for a day and then switch it up for the next day, but indulge in it, like actually indulge in those things that you would like to have in a relationship all day. Go, okay, so I'd like this in a relationship and bring that energy up in front of you and actually indulge in that relationship and then go, oh, that's kind of a little bit off. I wouldn't mind something different than that. But be willing to see that with even choosing a relationship, you can still make different choices. I love that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be set in concrete when you start it. It's like you can keep making different choices and creating it how you, how you desire it to be. Do you think that there are just certain people who are not cut out for relationships? Well, I think people will use that as a justification for not creating it. But it's like I think for anyone, if you truly desire it, then you can create it. 
Yeah, I mean, we've got a good friend of ours who, you know, we joke around because she she loves animals and she's got many horses and a dog, etc. And she loves the relationship that she has with her animals. She has no desire to be in a relationship with another person, another yep. being. So it's like, but she's happy with her horses and her dog. And the projections, though, years ago that she got, but that was wrong rather than, okay, what if you have a great life and you hang out with your horses and your dog? That's okay. That's not wrong either. Like Brendan said, you're not wrong for what you're choosing. You get to choose. So what is it that you'd like to choose? Mm. So that that. relates to my biggest takeaway is this idea of creationship. I am so obsessed with this idea because it's, it's, it, it makes you empower and in control of your life. And yep. it's not just about being in a relationship with someone else, but it's creating for yourself. So every day when you wake up, you can choose to create something that day. And whether you choose to create something with someone or by yourself, it doesn't matter because you're still creating. And I love the idea of being in a relationship and asking your partner, what are we trying to create together? Yes. Because that also brings them actively into this relationship instead of expecting your partner to act a certain way. Or like you said, Simone, maintaining a relationship, which is is the worst because I don't have a 2003 Toyota Camry. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to maintain this car and make sure that it runs forever, but it's, it's about how do I keep creating this life with someone that I really feel fulfilled in and they feel fulfilled in a lot of times. And I'm guilty of this too, is like you said, Simone, with the reference points and you were saying, Brendan, with just like, we're trying to, we're trying to have these expectations of a relationship and we retrofit everything. So what happens is like, imagine if you, you think a relationship should be a certain shape and you, anybody you meet, you just keep shoving them into the shape and anything that comes extra out of the shape, you're like, nope, that's the, they're at fault. And these are all their fault. And this is why they don't belong in a relationship with me. You're never going to find that person because no. nobody's going to fit perfectly into that shape. But this idea yeah. of having clay and just molding with someone and creating a shape that you've never seen before, that's a beautiful relationship. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it changes too from like if things aren't in a good place, if you guys are willing to do that creation together, that's the yeah. key versus the maintenance. And that's kind of like when you see those situations where things weren't good and they do turn around. That's people like actively creating in a relationship. But that's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. That is it. Yeah. Whenever you talk about what you're looking for in a partner or relationship, only focus on the factors that you have control of. Yep. You will never have control of someone else's feelings and their behaviors, but you only have control of what you can do for yourself. And that's how you can create the life that you want to create. I think the part that you guys said earlier, I can personally relate to this of like, what qualities are important. And I think like the ultimate thing is like, you want someone that is kind and has your back and is on your team and all of this. And do I need someone that has a lot of money? Well, if I'm able to provide for myself, that might not be something that I really need in a relationship. Having yeah. that like person that's on my team, I can't provide that for myself. So it's like, what is the goal of the relationship and what you're actually seeking from it? I think that's like a huge, huge revelation of do I actually want this or not? And what do I want? And for anybody who feels like they don't have the relationship experience to relate to this conversation, I would say anybody who has ever been a child has been in a relationship because- yeah. 
How you play on the playground, that is relationship right there. How you play with another kid. And if you like playing with them, you keep playing with them. And the time when you stop playing with them is when you don't want to play with them anymore. That's a relationship. So we should treat relationships in the same way, which is exactly what you said, Brendan, is where's the fun? As long as the fun is still there, we're still playing with each other, creating with each other, then we stay in this relationship. And as soon as you stop wanting to play with each other and and that fun stops, then maybe it's time to get out. Right. And you define the fun. Fun could be different things for different people. It could be having kids. It might not be having kids. (laughs) (laughs) I love how like my preconceived notions just like totally came through on that question. (laughs) But you're right though. A lot of people that really want kids and that's what they're looking for in a partnership, they don't view it. That's fun, right? Like building that family is fun. Yeah. I mean, mutual friends of ours just, I mean, they had kids, what, four years ago now, twins. And those twins were born and they were looked at as a gift. And right. they love their kids and it's it's wonderful. And that's what it should be. If you're gonna have kids, they should be a gift, not yep. something that you've just that you do because you're told that that's the next step. Yep. I, I think the other thing that like the last takeaway I have is just this whole piece that I mean, we've talked about this before in other episodes too, but I think so many times we put success or failure if we get married or this is like a long-term relationship. But to your point, like you guys had a great eight years together or however long that you guys felt like this was a solid relationship and your relationship now has evolved. It's not that you don't have a relationship anymore. It might not be like a mm. sexual relationship, but you still have a relationship. Oh, it might still be. I don't know. We don't <laughs> I know. We don't Julie, really we know. don't know. That's how rumors start. We don't really know. <laughs> but you guys have a business together. You are friends. You guys talk all the time. Like things are always evolving. And again, I feel like so many times we have these like black and white rules of what we have to follow. Like I'll never talk to my ex again. If you can talk to your ex and you can maintain a friendship and it's not getting in the way of you growing and like having fun on your own, then what's the problem with it? Right? Yeah. Um, So we're going to wrap this up, but I do have one final question for both of you, which is neither of you are in a defined relationship right now. Is there anything that you miss about being in a relationship? I think there's, there's certain things at different times. It's like, you know, after spending that much time with somebody like Simone and I used to travel together and, you know, and work a lot together. And also we'd be in the same country together a lot. So it's like, it's been interesting because we also ended the relationship and then I moved to Houston. So it's just, Mm. I wouldn't say so much like missing, but there's definitely been those senses, those areas there where you're like, oh, that was fun to do together with different things. You know, there's, there are some things that you can't do on your own, you know. Just <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brandon Moyle. Um, I'm going to say we are really different too and we have created a really unique uh, friendship afterwards. I mean, I remember yeah. when we were together at one point, we w- went jet skiing and we came home and I, we were in the car and I looked at Brandon and I went, I really like you. And he goes, I really like you too. Now, we were like, you know, it was probably like five or six years into our relationship but I just really liked him and I know that he really liked me and we actually still have that. And yeah. that's one aspect of relationship that I, that I like is that closeness and that gratitude that you can have for someone else. And especially now that we're not traveling and we're both in quarantine in different cities and different countries, we are talking, you know, pretty much at least once a day and I'm really enjoying that. And 
So I've got to say there's nothing I'm missing and I'm noticing the things that I'm used to, like Brendan is a fabulous cook and the things that I'm used to like that, I'm like, okay, so how do I, instead of going, oh, I'm missing this, I'm like, how do I fill this in or how do I create something different? So I've actually been calling him and asking for his recipes on certain foods that I like because there's no restaurants open and then cooking. So I'm not going missing. I'm going, how do I have something like that, that, that is just different. So, Hmm. yeah. So my other million dollar question, and maybe you don't know the answer right now because you're taking it as it goes. Like, do you guys see yourself getting into a relationship with other people or do you feel like single is the way you're going to maintain a life? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) But it's like, it's like, well, I know for myself, and I, I think I could pretty much speak for both of us. It's like relationship it needs to be different. Like as soon as I get into any place of normal relationship, I know it doesn't work for me. So it's like, it's not not having it or having it. It's just having one that actually works for me Mm. is what it would have to be. So having it where it can be that different. And like we've talked about, like actually creating it to be something fun. Yeah. And I would say I am not, I don't have a, a point of view of if I do or I don't, um, I would like it, you know, it's not a necessity and every day would be a choice. So yeah, I'd be definitely open for options and I don't need to have a relationship. I think that's exactly what you guys like are summarizing in what you preach too. It's like mm. coming from a place of, I don't need this, but if it adds to my life, then it's yeah. something I want And having not feeling like yeah. you have to do something or you feel like you're not whole if you're not doing something and getting out of that mindset. Yeah. If yeah. I'm going to choose it, I'm going to enjoy it. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Preach. <laughs> if people want to find some of your work, where can they go to? What's a website we can direct them to? Uh, you can go to the one with the book, relationship, are you sure you want one.com and also relationships with an S done different.com. And people can get the book on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah awesome. absolutely. Yeah. And the book is awesome. I loved it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. We tried to be very vulnerable with it and tell stories about ourselves that some people were like, my God, I can't believe the stuff you're talking about in this book. I can't even talk to my wife about it. And we're like, well, you know what? Let's not hide anything. Yeah. yeah. I love the no BS that I think is yeah. the yeah. radical honesty. <laughs> no sugar coating. No, none of that lovey dovey shit. None of that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Simone and Brendan. Thank Simone, you. it's almost time for you to eat lunch, or is it lunchtime over there? I'm yeah, guessing. it's almost one here. Yeah. <laughs> and Brendan, you're like well into dinner time. <laughs> I'm like, it's oh. quarter to 10. Yeah, yeah it's like bedtime. bedtime. <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> We're so global right now. So global. Yeah. We're so. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on here. Yeah, thank you very much. So we'll wrap this up. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us. We look at all of those posts. 
Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Thank you.